Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pirkei Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Before we begin today, I wanted to dedicate this year um, in memory of the yard site of my grandfather, Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Kain Ben Rabbi Avram Yitzchak, whose yard site is today. And in addition to that, I'd like to also dedicate this year in memory of Joe Schrager, Yosef Ben Kalman, who recently passed away. And he used to, he was an avid listener and a very special person. His neshama should have an aliyah. This week, we continue with Perak Aleph, Mishnah Gimel. Chapter one, Mishnah number three. Antonigus ish soichai kibo mishimanatzadeh. Antonigus, leader of Soho, received the tradition from Shimon the righteous. Right. So we're continuing with the train, with the chain of change transmission, and we're going from Shimonatzadeh, Shimon the high priest, to Antonigus ish Soho. It's interesting, the commentaries explain that he's referred to East Soho because that was the city that he came from. And he is actually going to be the last person who is saying the tradition from one person to, to the next. Because in the next Mishnah, we're going to have pairs. At a certain point, right, as we mentioned before, the reason why it became necessary for the oral Torah to be written down, right? It was, it's the oral Torah, right? It was passed over from father to son, teacher to, to student. It's because the generations became weaker as we got further and further away from Sinai. And, right, we had Moshe receive the Torah from Sinai, which directly from God, who gave it over to Yeshua, right? Who gave it over to that. And we, we brought down the, train of the, the chain of transmission. And in this Ish Antonigus, is going to be the last person who received the entire chain. After this, next week, when we learn the next Mishnah, it's going to be Yossi ben Yoyezer, Ish Tzeredev, Yossi ben Yochanan, Ish The transmission is going to be given over in two. So we see this concept that as the generations got further and further away from Sinai, the transmission became a little bit, the generations became a little bit weaker and weaker. He received the, the tradition from Shimon Hatzadik, Shimon the Righteous. Who He used to say, Be not as servants who serve the master for the sake of receiving. Ella, Rather, you should be like servants who serve the master, not for the sake of receiving a reward, and he finishes, the fear of heaven should be upon you. So again, Antonigos Isocho is telling us that we should not be like servants who serve their master in order to get reward. Rather, we should be like servants who serve their master even if we don't get a reward. So what is this Mishnah talking about? We see servants, we, see, we, we have a reference to masters. 
right? We talk, we're talking about reward, not having re in mind reward. And then finally, he finishes off that the fear of heaven should be upon you. So the simple understanding of this Mishnah is that when Antonigosh Isoho is referring to the servant and the master, he's referring to our relationship with Hashem, with God. And when we look at our, our relationship with Hashem, our obligations that we have, right? And our, I guess, other, our responsibilities, we, we need to look at it in a way that it's not all about doing something to get something in return, right? We, we know that in Judaism, many times we refer to ourselves as Eved, an Eved. We're like a, a slave in a way. Right? And it's not necessarily, you know, the word slave has very negative connotations. But when the Torah, the fact that we are Avde Hashem, we are servants of God, it has, it's actually, it's, it's a very, it's not as, uh, the connotations are not as bad as, it, as we think it is. Rather, it, it, there's a positive to that. But the point is, is that when, when we serve Hashem, right, we shouldn't serve him with just reward in mind. You know, many times people think of Judaism as, as a relationship that's, you know, you do something good, you get a prize. You know, you do what's right, you'll, you'll get a reward in the next world. There's a lot more to that. There's a lot more to, to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism, to serving God than that, that Pavlovian response, right? You know, the, the, the famous uh, study, the Pavlov, Pav, I, believe, I believe Pavlov. He had a study regarding a dog that the dog, if, if he took out a certain type of, um, you know, bowl, the dog started to salivate because you recognize the reward would come with a certain type of act that he would do. So the point is, is that Antonigos is teaching us an important idea that when it comes to our, 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 what we're supposed to do, our responsibilities, our service of Hashem, we shouldn't look at it as something, as a relationship in the we shouldn't look at our relationship in a way that, okay, if I do, I'm only doing this so that I should get rewarded, right? Many times, like our work, we go to work, so we should get paid. We don't go to work, so we just have fun. There are people that enjoy their work, right? So it makes it easier, but nobody just, just works for nothing. So he's telling us, don't look at our relationship with Hashem in that way. Rather, we need to look at our, our, our relationship to God on a deeper level, that we need to view it in the sense that we're like a servant that's doing it even for not for reward, right? You could just imagine for a second, just to put it into perspective, you know, it's very hard for us nowadays to have, you know, talk about slave slaves and servitude, this idea, but just imagine for a moment, if somebody you know, had a job as in, in, in a very prestigious, you know, worked in the White House or something, some type of secretarial job, let's just put it like that. Forget about all the politics for a second. You know, that's, you know, the president's secretary. Let's just pretend that for a second. That's a very special job, right? There's a certain sense of responsibility that person has. You could just imagine that, obviously, I'm sure the person gets paid, but there's a certain sense that a person might feel like, I have responsibility. This is an important job. I have a certain, you know, I have to honor and respect the office of the president. So th there's a certain sense in there of, of like, you know, th there's, a, there's something more than the money involved in this position. 
And Antonigos Isoho is telling us that when it comes to the ultimate relationship between us, right, we're the servants and him, the master, God, the master, we should not view it purely in the sense of I'm going to work today to get paid and that's it. I'm doing this job to get my payment and then I'm done. Rather, we should view ourselves in a way that we see a greater cause to this. There's a greater, higher level here, which I'm going to explain shortly in our relationship with Hashem, right? Sort of like that secretary who works for the White House, who's the president's secretary, that she sees this importance to the position that she she holds. And, you know, maybe the, the pay is not the, the most important part of the, her, her job, right? So when it comes to our service to Hashem, we have to strive for a higher level. We shouldn't just look at it that it's about that, that paycheck, the reward, the prize, but rather there's something a little bit more loftier to that. And that's what I want to get to tonight a little bit. Now, the first thing I want to start off with is that in Judaism, it is a central belief to us that there's another world, that there's the world to come, and that there will be a reward for those who do Torah mitzvahs in the world to come. We say, that every Jew has their portion in the world to come. And the commentaries explain that every Jew has a portion in the world to come. It doesn't mean that you just get a free reward but rather is that God gives you a portion and it's our job in this world to make those plants grow in that portion. Just like if we, we would receive a plot of land, you know, we would have the land, but in order for it to have crops and flowers and to be beautiful, we have to do our, our part. And when it comes to our relationship with the world to come, there is an aspect of, of reward. There is an aspect of reward. And the way we gain reward in the next world it's not by making money. It's not by, you know, uh, living it up here. It's by doing what God wants. And what is that? That's what he sets out for us in the Torah. By learning what we're doing right now. By davening, by praying, by doing mitzvos, right? Which encompasses mitzvos that are between man and God and between man and man, right? Doing things properly, living our lives in an upright manner. These are all of the ways that we cultivate that plot we have in the next world. So the first thing we need to remember is that reward is a central part in Judaism. We, we will get a reward for doing good things. But at the same time, we have to recognize that, you know, there's ways of doing things and then there's ways of doing things. That when it comes to service of God, when it comes to Avodah Hashem, right? There is three different levels that a person can live his life by. There's another point which I wanted to bring out. Additionally, aside from having reward for everything that we do, for all the mitzvahs that we do in the Torah we learn, we have to remember that a person, that God is exact, that every mitzvah a person does in their life, they will get rewarded for. And this is actually one of the biggest misconceptions about Judaism. People tend to think that Judaism is an all or nothing religion. That, you know what? I'm not doing, I'm not doing everything that the Torah says, so I might as well do nothing. That is the Yitzhah, the evil inclination. 
because he he knows that if we start doing something good, we start doing one thing good, it'll empower us to do more. So therefore, he tells us, you're, you're a bad person. You're not doing you know, most of the mitzvot, so don't do any of them. It's better that way. We have to remember that it's not all or nothing. Every mitzvah we do is, has its intrinsic, eternal worth to it, and we will be rewarded for that. There is a concept, obviously, in Judaism that we want to get, we want it to be to, to do all the mitzvot, to observe the whole Torah. But at the same time, we have to obviously we have to aspire for that. But at the same time, it doesn't negate what we actually do accomplish and do do fulfill. And you know, this is something which we need to remember when it when we talk about reward, because just like and we we know that there's a reward, but we have to recognize that every single thing that we do, every single mitzvah that we do, every, every bit of Torah that we learn and that we're able to incorporate into our lives, we will be rewarded for that. And also, we should know that there's a flip side to that as well. That if a person, God forbid, thinks that God just ignores my sins, it's not like that. Everything, there's an exact accounting. So... And obviously, there's a concept of teshuva where a person can repent and, and get rid of the averos, but there is there's nothing is forgotten. And, and I think it's just important to remember this concept that nothing is lost, nothing is lost. And if we if we could keep this thought about reward and punishment, and obviously the 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 fact that each one of our mitzvos and each thing that we learn has an intrinsic value. And it, it's something that a person will be rewarded. It, it makes our, our outlook a little bit different. And, you know, just to bring this whole thought into focus, you could have the worst person in the world, the worst person in the world, and he does a mitzvah. He will be rewarded for that mitzvah. Now, and, 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 and the commentaries, his, his reward might be in a way God might, give it to him in a way that will actually minimize it because he's an evil person, but God will reward that person. And on the flip side as well, if a person is totally righteous and he doesn't do teshuva, doesn't return, doesn't correct the, what needs to be corrected, there will be, he will be, he or she will be held accountable for that. So it goes on both sides, but today I wanted to focus on the, the reward on we're, we're focusing on the, the reward that a person has when they do the will of Hashem. So, we see, we see clearly in Judaism that there's this idea of reward in the next world. Now, once we establish this fact, I wanted to discuss the different levels that a person can serve God on. As I mentioned before, there are ways of doing things and there are ways of doing things. Right? There, there is one way of serving Hashem, which is 100% correct. But then there's, another, there's other ways of also serving God on a higher level where the relationship's just a different relationship. And, and maybe a way that I could will bring this out is that, you know, obviously there's people have relationships with their, with their boss, with their friends, um, with their spouses, with their family members, with their child. And people can do the same acts with certain people, right? With, with a friend, but it could have a totally different meaning with a closer family member. Right, because it just doesn't. You don't share that connection with the person, right? If a person goes fishing with a friend, does it mean as much to him as if he would gone fishing with his child? 
right? Obviously, there's something a little deeper, a little bit more meaningful to that act when it's done with someone who you share a close relationship with. And that just a little bit maybe can give us understanding about what I mean when there's different levels of serving Hashem. The, there's three main levels when the, that the commentaries speak about when it comes to serving God. The first level, which is the most basic, is yiras ha'onesh, is that somebody serves Hashem, someone serves God out of fear of punishment. People, right, in, the, in this country, I would assume any country, why don't we speed? Why don't we go fast? Why don't we go 100 miles an hour? Not 100 miles an hour. That's not a good example because, you know, we have a fear of hurting ourselves. But let's say, why don't we go um, 12 miles over the speed limit? It's not really any, you know, obviously I'm a safe driver. I'm not going to tailgate anybody. Why won't I do that? So the answer to that is because I'm afraid that if I'm going to get a speeding ticket and I don't want to pay $100 for a speeding ticket. So therefore, I'm careful to stay within the speed, the, whatever the acceptable limit is that I won't get a ticket, right? Why don't people hurt other people, right? Obviously, people do. They lose themselves. But in general, people are, are scared of the law. And that's a good thing because if people weren't scared of, of jail or fines, we would be living in a lawless society where people were just doing whatever they want. So the, the first level of serving Hashem this is called Yiras Ha'oinish, of your fear God out of this fear of punishment is that we know there's a next world. And in the next world, there's obviously people have, there's a, there's a, there's a sense of reward. And there's also, there's also going to be, I guess, a person needs to be cleansed, right? There's a concept of Gehenom and Ganeiden that there is a, in Judaism, there is a concept of heaven and hell. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that a person needs to be cleansed in order to get to Ganeid into the next world to the to, to receive his reward his or her reward. We need to get to that place. We need to be cleansed. So there's a there's a process, right? So a person does the will of Hashem, he does the will of God, but it's not because he feels a connection to it. It's not because he he loves God. It's not because he has a an, an, a uh, this attachment to God. It's rather because there's a fear, there's a fear factor. He doesn't want to do anything wrong. So that's the first most basic level. Because it's not, it's not an incorrect way of serving God. It's, it's legitimate and it's fine. But it's very base. That's the first level. The second level, which is a, the next step up, is a, a love, a service of Hashem that's referred to as Avas Hashem, which is love of God is that just like a parent does things for their child out of love, right? And a child for a parent. There's a certain innate love and bond that's between a child to a parent, parent to a child. And they'll do anything for the child, right? A parent will do anything for the child. The child will do anything for their parent. It just, there's this exists. And naturally, a child wants to please their parents. And on the flip side of that, a parent wants to see their child happy. They're, we're willing to do things for our children, for our parents, even if we're not going to get paid for it, even if we're not going to get anything back for it. It's just because we love 
our parents. We love our child, right? That's when we. That's why if we ask a, a, a loan from our parents, we uh, we secretly know that it means we're not going to pay it back, right? But um, no, but the, the, it, the same thing can be said for Avas Hashem when it comes to love of God. This level of Avas Hashem, the second level that we refer to, is when we do things to serve God, but we do it because of a sense of love. There's a certain sense of responsibility, right? Just like a, a, a child hopefully realizes that his or her parents brought them into this world. They fed them. They cleaned them. They bathed them. They sent them to school. They did everything they needed to do for them. So there's this. that's how that bond is created. So they're willing to do anything it takes to, to keep, keep their relationship going. So when a person has the realization that Hashem brought him into this world, right? It's not just the two parents. You know, we say that in the Talmud states that there's three partners when a child is created. It's the mother, the father, and God. That we realize that Hashem brought us into this world. He is sustaining us. He has given us everything we, we need. Everything, all the goodness in our life, it's from Hashem. So when we have that realization of all the good that Hashem does for us, we're overwhelmed with a feeling of this parent, like a, like a child to a parent, that he's given us everything I, I um, ever needed. So I want to serve him, to serve God, out of that deep love and, and deep bond that I have for Hashem. And that's, not, that's a relationship which is not dependent exclusively on reward. Because, right, a child will do things for the parent if you're not going to get paid. A parent will do things for the child even if you're not going to get anything back for it. So when we look at our relationship with, with Hashem as something that of, of all, because of all the good that he has done for us, because of all the blessing we have in our life, it brings up our service of Hashem, of God, to another level to a closer relationship, to a deeper and more meaningful relationship with Hashem. It's not just dependent on, you know, don't go fast or also get a speeding ticket. It's based on this deep and abiding love that you have for the creator. A third level, which is really a fusion of both the first and two, is, is referred to as Yiras Haraimamus. It's a fear. I don't know, yiras, yira literally means in Hebrew fear. But I don't know if it is, is the exact translation over here. Yiras haroimus is, is sort of an awe of God's exaltedness. And that's actually a higher level than both the first two levels. And to really bring it into perspective, uh, a good example, which I thought of that can help us understand this is that imagine for a moment, you know, we, you, each and every one of you can fill in the blanks yourself. Let's say for a minute that you are a massive Michael Jordan fan. Your whole life. I know that's for me. I think of Michael Jordan, right? He's always the best basketball player. So think for a moment, you, you're a lifelong Michael Jordan fan. You have everything about him, all his basketball cards, his jerseys, you've been to all his games. And, and now you are going to go out to dinner with Michael Jordan, right? How do you think you're going to feel? You're going to just, this person, right? Michael Jordan, 
He's never done anything for you. He can't, you know, if you go out to him and you say something wrong, he can't harm you. He can't do anything bad. You're not scared of him that he's going to, you know, send you uh, to the gallows. He, he, he's not like your parent that's done something good for you, right? But you have this certain feeling of like, whoa, whoa, right? Or switch the situation for a minute. Let's just say for a second, the president of the United States comes to your house for dinner. So when you're going to serve the soup, do you think you're going to be shaking a little bit? Why is that? He's the president of the United States. He's not going to, he never did anything for you. He never, he can't, he can't put you in prison if he wanted to. Why are you so nervous for when you're serving in the bowl of soup? Or are you going out to dinner with Michael Jordan? Because the answer to that is because you have a certain awe of this person, right? He's a legend. He's Michael Jordan. You have a certain awe of the president of the United States. So just to make a little bit of a separation, that's the, the third level of Yeros Harayimus. It's awe of God's exaltedness. And it's sort of like if you go to the Grand Canyon for, and you take a look out over the Grand Canyon, I haven't been there, but I've, you know, I've had other similar experiences. You see nature. You're just overwhelmed by the greatness of creation. Just the, this amazing sight. And at that moment, you realize how great God is and how small you are. And that's Yiras Haramimus. When we get to a point, to a level where it doesn't make a difference about the speeding ticket, we're not, that's, not the, that's not what's pushing us, the fear of punishment. And we get past this, this idea that we're doing something because of all that God did for us. It's not dependent on any externals. It's just the realization of the greatness of Hashem, the greatness of God, and how feeble and how small that we are. And it's not dependent on anything else. And that's what's called yiras haremus, fear, sorry, awe of God's exaltedness. What I wanted to bring out a little bit tonight from this Mishnah is that Antonigos when he, he spoke about this idea, this concept of serving God without expectation of reward, he, he wasn't saying that we can't get reward, that reward's not a good thing. He was, he's telling us to aspire for a higher level, to have ideals, to not just go through the motions. Because like I said before, when you get to these higher levels of serving Hashem, there's that greater love. There's that greater, the actions you do have greater meaning. And their relationship is a stronger relationship. And really a, a good point to ponder is that many times people look at their relationship with Hashem as like good boy, bad boy. If I'm a good boy, then everything will work out as I'm supposed to work out. And if I do, don't do what I'm supposed to do, then things are not going to work out. And we sort of see ourselves on the scale, right? That, and that's what we say in Rosh Hashanah, that we're supposed to look at ourselves, that there's a scale and one mitzvah pushes it to good and one mitzvah pushes it to bad, one avera pushes it to bad. But the, the point is, is that Antonikos is telling us an important point here, is that when it comes to our relationship with God and our service to God, is that we shouldn't necessarily look at the relationship purely based on the end result. 
right? And actually, it's it's interesting because the Abar Benel, one of the commentaries, explains that this Mishnah is referring to material reward in this world. That many times we do something, we say, okay, I'm going to do this mitzvah, this good deed, I'm, I'm going to serve God in this way, and then I'm going to have money. I'm going to have health. I'm going to have everything I need because I'm doing what Hashem says I'm supposed to be doing. And we make our whole relationship on our, with Hashem dependent on the material results that will happen in this world. That's a mistake, right? Because we know sometimes a parent has to say no to, to no, a parent needs to say no. A boss says no. Sometimes no is a good thing. God knows best. We don't know why he said no to us, but sometimes he needs to say no for different reasons, right? And we all know that just like a child, a child looks when he asks the parent for that toy, for that gift, for that anything, the parent has a reason why he said no. It's not just to be a meanie. There's a reason, but in the child's eyes, it's just totally mean and not right, but the parent knows better. So when it comes to our relationship with Hashem, it's important that we don't make it all dependent on the, the outcome of right here in this world now and what we see. Because many times, sorry, because if we do that, we're putting ourselves in a position that we're making our relationship with Hashem exclusively dependent on reward. And that's a mistake. It's not to say that if a person does, does what Hashem wants, things don't work out for him. Things always work out for him, as I'm going to speak later. But if we make our relationship dependent on that reward now, we're going to get into problems. And it's actually interesting. The Oster of Nassim brings down from the Talmud that Antonigus had two students. One of his students' names was Basus, and the other student's name was Tzadok. Tzadok and Basus. And the, the Talmud relates that these two students were learning this Mishnah from Antonigus, and they misunderstood what their teacher told them. Because when they heard Antonigus say that a person, person should serve God without getting a reward, they said to themselves, oh, it must be that there's no reward. So that's why our teacher is telling us, serve God like there's no reward. And they went and they went astray from the Torah and they formed sects um, that, were, that are referred to as the Sadducees and the Baisusim. And these sects caused many problems for the Jewish people throughout, the, throughout our history. Now, what happened? Obviously, they, these students maybe were bad to begin with. Maybe they, they had some issues to begin with, and they found a reason to, to go off, to go astray. But the point is, is that we can't make our relationship with Hashem dependent on the prize. Of course, we will get rewarded in, a, in our proper time, in the proper place. And God knows when that's supposed to be and when that will happen. And it's not about how we view things. You know, we shouldn't make it how we view when we deserve a reward and when we want a reward because we don't know best. We don't know the whole picture of things. We only see as far as our media eyes can view. So it's important to remember that when we're doing things, we need to aspire for this higher level of serving God, right? Not just for the fear of punishment, but rather for out of love of God, which is the first, the next level up. And even higher than that, doing things out of the exaltedness of God, just because, you know, God's like, the, he, just because of his, his greatness. And 
And we need to remember that if we do what we're supposed to be doing, it's like a chemical reaction, right? Just like you take, you know, uh, hydrogen and oxygen create water. So too, any, and any other chemical reaction, you take the elements, you put it together, it will create that same reaction time after time. When it comes to us and our relationship with Hashem and doing mitzvahs and learning Torah, when we do our part, when we put our best effort forward, the results will be the same again and again. We might not see it exactly how we want to see it and in the way we view we're supposed to get it, but we will get it. We will get a reward. It might be here. It might be in the next world. It might be a little different than we think, but we will get it. And we need to remember that when we're doing the will of Hashem, that when we do Torah, we, we learn mitzvahs, we always benefit. And it's something we need to internalize within ourselves. A last thought on this Mishnah is that the Mishnah ends off with and the fear of heaven should be upon you. And it's interesting that Antonigos ends off with a statement. It seems to be unrelated to the previous part of the Mishnah. And the, the commentaries note this. And one of the answers which I saw that really is a beautiful thought is the explanation of the Maharal. The Maharal explains that when the Mishnah ends off and Antonigos ends off with the statement and that the fear of heaven should be upon you, he's teaching us an important idea. As I mentioned before, the Mishnah tells us that there's a higher level of serving God out of love, out of exaltedness. And the most base level, which is a level in its own right, and I'm not negating it, is a, is a serving God out of fear. But at the same time, if a person serves God totally out of love, he's also due to make a mistake. Because, right, we know that when it comes to our parents, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our children, since we know it's our parent, we take advantage sometimes. You know, like I said before, a person won't pay back that loan he owes his parents, or maybe they won't be so careful to the out of the, the, the honor of their parents when they're supposed to, because they know the parents will always forgive them. The parents have that relationship. When it comes to Hashem, when it comes to God, although we aspire to get to this level of love of God, we have to be careful because if we only have love and there's no fear in there, it could be a dangerous combination because we're due to, to maybe not be careful with God's honor, to, to, to just negate our responsibilities to forget what we're supposed to be doing. We're dealing with God as he's, he's our father, but he's also our king. And we can't forget about that point. That just like a king, you're, you're obviously a king who, who can decide life or death, we would obviously be extremely careful with his honor. Even if he loves us, we still have to be careful. And the, this really is the reason why the mission ends off with that the Maral explains that when, a, when it comes to service of God, even though he just told us that there's a second level of serving God out of love, like that relationship with the parent, we still have to be careful to have that fear of heaven. And I just was thinking about a little bit, this is my own addition, and I think he's sort of segueing us into the third level of serving God, which is the highest one, which is a combination of fear and love together. That's why it says, Yiras Haremus fear of God's exaltedness. Because in order to get to that third level, you have to fuse the fear of God and love of God together to have this awe, to have this realization 
of how big God is and how small we are. So I think with that thought, I want to finish. I hope you all enjoyed today's Mishnah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.